You're listening to the Quince podcast. The glory of American democracy turned into a horror show on 6th January as thousands of Trump supporters breached barricades, assaulting police officers and stormed into the US Capitol while the US Congress had met to certify the electoral college votes for president elect Joe Biden. This was one of the final formalities remaining for Biden to be confirmed as the president of US when in what can only be described as a wild turn of events found themselves taking cover from this violent scene instead but as after the event US Congress went ahead and affirmed Biden and Kamala Harris's victories anyway even though the brief siege wasn't really about changing the results it did what it set to do interrupt a democratic process shocking videos and photos poured in from washington dc showing maga hat wearing protesters flying the confederate flag as they attempted to break into the house chamber smashing windows occupying legislators offices including speaker nancy pelosi's office where a protester was also seen posing in a chair and as the unprepared capitol police struggled to hold back the mob of insurrectionists four people were reported dead including a woman who was shot by the police as many as 52 people were arrested in the aftermath while a string of resignations also came in from the outgoing Trump administration but even as both GOP and democratic lawmakers were urging Trump to call off his supporters he only made but a weak effort to end the siege in fact in a video message he continued to claim that the US elections were stolen prompting social media platforms to get proactive and do something never done before suspend Trump's social media accounts temporarily But as DC remains in a state of public emergency for the next 15 days the question is what are the consequences of this attack on democracy for America and most importantly for Trump You're tuned in to the big story the podcast where we dissect the headline making news for you and I'm your host Shalpuri As shocking as the visuals of the onslaught at Capitol Hill may be, many would agree that perhaps this was not entirely unexpected. After all, Trump has been persisting on nullifying the election results and egging his supporters on to quote-unquote stop the steal even as federal judges have been rubbishing his claims of a large-scale voter fraud. In fact, at the heart of this very disquieting event is the relentless attempt from the Trump faction to undermine legitimate democratic processes. Now pro Trump rallies in DC had intensified over the recent days as Trump has been desperately clinging to power whilst running out of options to forestall Biden's inauguration. In fact, on the day the Congress was gathered to certify Biden's presidency for the next 4 years, a march for Trump was organized to protest against the result. And on that same day, shortly before the attack, Trump himself had addressed his supporters encouraging them to attend the rallies saying and I'm quoting him We will never give up. We will never concede. It doesn't happen. You don't concede when there's theft involved. But as Trump finally made a half-hearted request for the protesters saying, "We love you, but go home," Joe Biden said that this was not a protest. This was borderline sedition. This is not dissent. It's disorder. It's chaos. It borders on sedition. And it must end now. I call on this mob to pull back and allow the work of democracy to go forward. 
You've heard me say before in different contexts, the words of a president matter, no matter how good or bad that president is. At their best, the words of a president can inspire. At their worst, they can incite. And therefore, I call on President Trump to go on national television now to fulfill his oath and defend the Constitution and demand an end to this siege. Vice President Mike Pence, who in the recent days has also refused to budge to Trump's pressures, also issued a statement condemning the violence. But thanks to the swift efforts of U.S. Capitol Police, federal, state, and local law enforcement, the violence was quelled. The Capitol is secured, and the people's work continues. We condemn the violence that took place here in the strongest possible terms. We grieve the loss of life in these hallowed halls, as well as the injuries suffered by those who defended our capital today. And we will always be grateful to the men and women who stayed at their posts to defend this historic place. To those who wreaked havoc in our capital today, you did not win. Violence never wins. Freedom wins. And this is still the people's house. A few former U.S. presidents expressed shame and shock as Trump supporters went to extremes to undermine the U.S. election results. In a written statement, Barack Obama said, and I'm quoting the statement, quote, History will rightly remember today's violence at the Capitol, incited by a sitting president who has continued to baselessly lie about the outcome of a lawful election as a moment of great dishonor and shame for a nation. But we'd be kidding ourselves if we treated it as a total surprise. End quote. Former President Bill Clinton too resounded Obama's sentiments and said that this was, quote, fueled by more than four years of poisoned politics, spreading deliberate misinformation, showing distrust in a system, and pitting Americans against one another, end quote. Even George Bush, who's been a Republican president, said, quote, I'm appalled by the reckless behavior of some political leaders since the election and by the lack of respect shown today for our institutions, our traditions, and our law enforcement, end quote. And speaking of Republicans, lately Trump has been finding his support dwindling in the GOP faction. While he has managed to convince a majority of Republican leaders to force votes in order to invalidate Biden's election, a handful of Republican lawmakers have also been outspoken about what they described as Trump's quote-unquote un-American tactics. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, for instance, who's likely to be replaced with Senator Chuck Schumer now that Democrats have taken a narrow control of the Senate by winning both runoff elections in Georgia, delivered scathing remarks against President Trump and House Republicans who have been objecting to the election results. He said that the Senate will not be intimidated or kept out by mobs and thugs. Listen in. The United States Senate will not be intimidated. We will not be kept out of this chamber by thugs, mobs, or threats. We will not bow to lawlessness or intimidation. 
we are back at our posts. We will discharge our duty under the Constitution and for our nation. And we're going to do it tonight. This afternoon, Congress began the process of honoring the will of the American people and counting the Electoral College votes. We've fulfilled this solemn duty every four years for more than two centuries. Whether our nation's been at war or at peace, under all manner of threats, even during an ongoing, ongoing armed rebellion and the Civil War, the clockwork of our democracy. While Republican legislator Adam Kinzinger likened the event to a coup attempt, Kevin McCarthy said that the whole event was quote-unquote unacceptable. But now the question is about consequences. Will Trump be able to get away with this? Will or can he be removed from his office before his term ends on 20th January? US lawmakers who are demanding Trump's immediate removal say that what Trump and his supporters have done is nothing short of sedition. While Congresswoman Ilhan Omar have sought impeachment for Trump, some others are mulling over whether or not Amendment 25 of the American Constitution should be invoked. Now, as we know, Trump has technically already been impeached once before and can be impeached again, sure. But impeachment doesn't mean removal from office. But Article 4 of the 25th Amendment, on the other hand, can do that. In short, it has the power to strip a president of his duties when he can't see them through, but won't step down either. And funnily enough, it was intended to be invoked in case of mental or physical illnesses in presidents, but it's never been done before. And the duty of invoking this would fall on Pence in this case. This, of course, is a complex process that would require the support of cabinet-level officials, along with Pence's support. But shortly after Biden's victory was certified, Trump interestingly pledged a quote-unquote orderly transition through a White House press release as he remained locked out of his social media accounts. But will that save him from facing consequences of all that has happened since the election results were declared? That will be left to see. If you like listening to this episode, please subscribe to the Big Story playlist for episodic updates. We'll have on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, GeoSavan and most of the other popular podcast streaming platforms. For other podcasts, please log on to the Quinn website and check out the podcast section. For any feedback, shoot an email to podcasts at thequinn.com. Thanks for listening. Log on to the Quinn's website and check out our other podcasts. 